1: For Memorial Day, get 15% off your burrow purchase at burrow.com/acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com/acast. What's up everyone? Welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Ladies Night with I did it. Krista Miller. It switched to the wide. Just so everyone knows yeah. out there, today's my first time live switching. It will all be fine. I appreciate you. you being my guinea pig today. All right, good. I'm gonna see how you do. Oh yeah, don't, don't put me to the <laughs> test right now. I get to put you to the test first. I didn't tell you this. Collider Ladies Night begins with this dice tower right here. Mm-hmm. You get three rolls on the tower, and yeah. I've got eight questions here, and depending on what you roll, those are the questions where we start. Great. So. So am I You are here? dropping that die okay. into the di- dice right, tower. I hope I
0: get a good question.
1: Okay. I see a seven. Seven's easy. You got a softball to start. This one's wrap gifts. What okay. is the best wrap gift you've ever received or given? The best
0: wrap gift I received was a bicycle on scrubs that is really cute. It says scrubs and I still use it and I'll stu- still use it on the lot. That's one of my favorite wrap gifts. And um, the best wrap Gift I've given was this year. Well, I had a competition with um, Jessica Williams because she was like, I'm trying to think a rap gift. I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to beat you. And she's like, Oh, you are so annoying. And so I made, I found my favorite sweatshirt brand, and then I put the we, we had a saying, we got a bit a private joke that we did through our whole uh, run, and it's too long to explain. But I put that on the back with the shrinking logo, and everyone loved it.
1: There's just something about how you said, I don't know who said this, but like, she's so annoying that immediately made me think like, that's something your characters would say to each other. And I would be like, oh, the whole time, I'm like on oh, my rap gift, I
0: feel like I'm and she was like, what? Don't bring that to me. What are you doing? And I go, I have things. And then I would always say to her, I have something serious to ask you. And she'd be like, oh, don't give
1: me that shit. You're going to start with that shit with the rap gift. I love. It. I'm surprised it's not rocks. You've met, like you have made me want to rock so badly, and I never knew I would want that, but I do now. I know people. Well, <laughs> now,
0: unfortunately, though, all my friends are like, "Well, I don't have a rock." I'm like, "Well, not a lot of not a lot of people have rocks, but like, I don't, you can't ask for one."
1: No, you can. No. It, you has, know, you just it has to, has to, just to be a come. thing that naturally ha- that you naturally earn. Next roll up. So you got one more. Oh, it's stuck okay. in the little door stuck there. The-
0: all right. All
1: right. We're going with a number five. What? I'm calling this one Derek's Good Popsicles. Okay. So what is something in your kitchen, a food item, that is only yours, that you love so much that nobody else is allowed to have any of it?
0: Oh, well, I'll tell you right now, because it says mom's in it. It's in the freezer right now, and I wrote it in a Sharpie last night. Uh, no one in the house likes um, Haagen-Dazs vanilla chip. Only I do, and I have a little bit. But if there's no ice cream... The boys will eat it anyway, so that's mine. You're not allowed to touch it. It's mom's.
1: I, I definitely uh, appreciate that. It's a good thing that they don't really like it, though. They still eat it, <laughs> and they eat other ice cream. It's not like they don't eat ice cream. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the thing. If they're if that's the only ice cream left, whether you like it or not, you're going to eat it. Right. Okay. I hope they respect the rules in that house. Yeah. All right. You got one more roll in the tower.
0: I like the tower.
1: I always appreciate that. Yes, I have a four. Ooh, this is my favorite one. Okay. This is Zombie Apocalypse. You are on the set of Shrinking. Right. There is a zombie outbreak. You can pick two co stars to team up with. Who do you pick that gives yourself the best chance of surviving the outbreak? Definitely Harrison. Definitely Jessica. The three of
0: us would kick ass. No, for sure. Harrison, I have Harrison Ford
1: there. Okay, and Jessica is like six feet tall. We're gonna get it. <laughs> I believe this. Yeah, I need to have a better understanding of the skills that you are bringing to the group. Oh, oh the skills so that I. What what is your greatest asset? What? But then I also want your greatest weakness. What's the thing that'll do you and them in because they're teamed up with you? Um, here's here's my greatest asset is I'm I'm quite a good athlete, so
0: I feel like I could throw. I also some really good shot. You play basketball, don't you? I noticed in
1: that one, like you take
0: one shot in the whole season, I'm like, you know what you're doing. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I play basketball. I play volleyball. I don't know if volleyball is going to help with zombies, but I I play tennis. I feel like I have a good arm, could throw something. I've also used to um, skeet shoot. I'm a good shot, right? So I'm not the fastest runner. So that's going to be a problem. And Harrison seems to be a fast runner, and I might hold them back.
1: I do have to say, I feel like you've brought more skills to the table than any past <laughs> Ladies' Night guest. I'm very impressed by this. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so now we get into the meat of our interview, yeah. and every single Ladies' Night begins with this question. What was the movie, personal experience, performance you saw that first made you say to yourself, I have to be an actor and nothing else?
0: I my um, gr- I went with my mother and my grandmother to see um, Gone with the Wind. And it was like playing, having a special playing in New York somewhere. And we went and my grandmother said, uh, I, my mother's name is Bonnie. And she said I named her after the little girl in God with the Wind. Bonnie Blue Blue Butler is the name of the little girl. And she said, I think you're going to be an actress. I, I think, I just know you're going to be an actress. My grandmother and I were very close. And that was since then I wanted to be an actress.
1: That is such a beautiful thing. I love that. So, As as someone who is very close with her family and can't do what she does without the support of her family, that just fills my heart. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So she had a lot of belief in you, and that was the moment that kind of started it all. But it's different to actually have that belief in yourself and your own ability. So do you remember, I don't know, the first set you were on, the first acting class you took, whatever it may be, where you tapped into something that convinced you that, like, yes, I am in the right industry, the right line of work, and I should see this through. You know, it's funny because it was always a dream. And in school I did sports, and
0: um, I did four varsity sports. in my so I just went, you know, those days you don't have to pick one sport, so I would just go through and do them. And I never did plays, um, but I always wanted to be an actor. And then I started going in 10th grade, I started going to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts at night after after like a game, and I would go study there. And then the second I started there, I fell in love with it and wanted to do it, but I I f- like was kind of private about it. Um you know, my my uh father went to Yale, my mom went to Middlebury. They, they they weren't so much with the acting. So I just kept it kind of private.
1: Okay. Okay. So when or what specifically inspired the passion for acting to not be a private thing anymore?
0: Well, well part of it was my biological father who I didn't meet till I was 16, but his sister is Susan St. James. Do you know who that mm-hmm. is? She was on Macmillan and Wife and Kate Nally and, and he hosted Saturday Night Live. And I knew she was an actress. So I, I hadn't met him or met her, but I knew she was an actress. And, you know, I grew up in the city. I wasn't like around in show business. And I um, thought, well, there's some. There's someone in my family that's actually doing this. So it felt like it could be something I could do. It didn't feel so far away.
1: Okay. So now getting into some of the first TV appearances that you did, that gives me a good segue right there. Of all of the earliest professional sets you were on, which would you credit with giving you, I guess, the best understanding of what would wind up being most important to you in terms of the stories you would go on to tell and also the types of on-set environments you would want to work in? You know what, I would think
0: um, in terms of early jobs, I always was very dramatic and the Sturm and Drang of it all and thought I was gonna be this like very dramatic actress. And I, but I was always kind of someone that was making my friends laugh all the time. And I got a part on um, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air that was supposed to be one little scene. And then they kept adding me to scenes And it was so much fun doing the show. I mean, there was like music playing and they were doing speed throughs before everything. And and everyone was really nice. And then they kept like it was the most fun. And I thought, what am I doing? This is the most fun. And also, I think I can do this. Like, I think I could do comedy. And then once I got that, I kind of changed, you know, just changed in my head what I was focusing on with auditions
1: what was that process like especially when I'm sure you have a team around you and you have to convince them to kind of shift courses depending on what the original plan was so what was it like expressing that to them and kind of you know reshaping how you were going to tackle this industry and breaking into it in a big way I think like
0: soon after I did the French Fresh Prince Mm -hmm. I got um, an episode, my first episode of Seinfeld, yes. and so they quickly went, "Oh, there's someone attractive that can turn a joke." You know, I think it's a, it's a it's what they like, and also you know, listen, in those when you're starting out, it, if I had landed a, a, a dramatic movie or something like that or a dramatic part in an hour, I would have loved that. I mean, you're not choosing what stories you're going to tell; you're not choosing anything. You're just changing in the back of your car to switch and pilot season to switch to go to another audition and looking at lines and hoping that you'll get anything.
1: In in that case, I like asking this every once in a while because I know that, especially when you're first starting a career in this industry, saying no can be a difficult thing, but you also want to make sure that you're showing the powers that be, like the path you want to go on and the types of shows and movies you want to make. So do you remember the very first time you had to say no to something because it didn't align with how you wanted the industry to view you or because it didn't feel like the right fit to you, even though somebody might have wanted you for the role?
0: You know what? I think... Um, I think after I got Drew is when I would say, no, I I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And then after I had my first child, um, I think, you know, you're really battling, you know, my husband also works, so it wasn't a matter of having to make a living. And that's tricky. You know, I mean, I I think it's, um, it's just tricky because you just, and also a lot of things that you think, um, I mean, not a lot, but there's some things that I didn't want to do and then turned out to be okay, and should have done. But, you know, that's life. And I I've spent a lot of time with my children.
1: I do want to follow up on that. When you say things you don't want to do and then found out were okay, do you mean like specific things within a within a role or? No, like like there's been I can't, can't Can't be specific,
0: but I know I'm sure there are a few jobs and movies that I was like, I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't or I can't do it. And then I uh, it's it's that would be scary for me or something. And then it turns out that I could have. And the person who did, you know, I could have been scared and done it.
1: Okay. So I'll follow up on that and ask whether it's shrinking or, or anything you've done recently. Is there something that you accomplish in a movie or a show that you, when you were first starting out in this business, would have said, like, I can't imagine me ever doing that one day. But now I pulled it off. Um, I think
0: here's how I'm going to answer this. So, uh. One time when we were doing scrubs, um, Bill said, you know, when you're when they're doing the other person's coverage, you're doing all this crazy shit. But I want to see it when you're on camera and be embarrassed and, you know, because, you know, a lot of times you're trying something and it's crickets and you're like, oh. And then when I did shrinking, Jason is all about he likes being embarrassed. He's like, unless I'm embarrassed 10 times during the day. And then because then he likes if there's crickets because he put it out there and I thought I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that all the time. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, you just, you, and, and it's so good for me. At the end of the day, you go, yeah, I failed. I failed at uh, five different times today, but I put it out there. And because I failed, I was able to do something else or feel vulnerable after for a scene, you know, it works.
1: That's such an important quality of having a scene partner. It makes me so happy. It, it's probably something that I would imagine kind of nudges everyone forward and makes everyone feel fearless on a set. Yeah, because Jason's like, oh, I gotta I like to follow my face. He
0: said, Why do you think in Sarah Marshall I'm naked for seven minutes of the movie? <laughs> I'm like, Well, first of all, because you have a big penis, so I don't think it's that problematic. <laughs> but um he said, because I wanted to like really like that's to me is as vulnerable and I as I can be. And I just thought, oh my God, I just don't do enough of that. And um so shrinking, I I also you know, it's just I ha- I have from from The crew I've worked with a long time, Mm -hmm. R.I.D., Ben Weiss, has been with us a long time and a good friend of mine. And I just felt like if you let's let's do it. Life is short. Let's get on with it.
1: I love that vibe so, so much. Uh, Before I jump into shrinking full force, so you brought up the Drew Carey show. We've brought up Scrubs. You also have Cougar Town as long-running shows. What is the biggest difference between the production process and what it takes from you to make shows like that compared to doing a lead role in a series on a streamer now? Um,
0: The difference is, I mean, multicam is definitely a specific... uh, niche to to do mm-hmm. and um it's actually not my favorite because you're doing the same script every day for 5 days and then you do a show night what's really fun is show night but the rehearsing the same scenes over and over and trying not to get in your head like you did a joke and to do it this you know you don't want to do things the same way and it's so fun on show night because when the audience comes in it's like having another cast member because you don't know where laughs are going to be you know, there's pauses, it, tur- it it upsets the rhythm. So that is okay. really fun. Love show night. It's like doing a play. Um, but single camera is, you know, uh, y- you rehearse on your own and you prepare on your own. And it's uh, a slower pace and every day is different. And I kind of like that. Every day is different. And also every day, like you're supposed to be working the next day and they go, oh, no, you're not working tomorrow. I love that. about <laughs> I don't like it in any other aspect of my life, but I love that. Um for work
1: there might not be only one answer to this but you just brought up the audience on show night so when you're on a set like shrinking and you want to know if you've nailed a take of something who is the first person you turn to is it your director is it the cinematographer your scene partner who's the first person that gives you confirmation
0: well if it's a joke you'll know because the crew will laugh or the other person um if i'm working I mean, this cast in particular will just go, "Oh my God, you're great in that scene." From Harrison to Jason to everybody, and we, everyone's in a positive place. Everyone and all of our directors. You know, Zach Braff directed a couple episodes. He's going to come back next year. Like I have my James Ponsult, who's friends with Jason. He will say right away. But also, we we everyone's super prepared. So like we're out there right away playing. And I know that Bill will pick you know, the best version of what you did. So everyone's just doing different things. I have so many (laughs) follow-up questions. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Is there, can you give me an example of a time when you took a really big swing with something thought to yourself, they're never going to use that. And now it's in the final cut of the show.
0: Yes. And I'm trying to think of something specific, um,
1: I, le- I, I
0: know that one time with was like I was doing like a reaction and everyone was laughing and I was gonna do it. And then I did that like the third time and Zach's like, well, that's too big. And then we were laughing, but um, yeah, they'll put, because w- how we work on shrinking is because the scripts are so good and so tight. Everyone sticks to the script and we get, you know, two passes each and then Bill will say, have, have fun. He just doesn't have an ego about that. And like Ted McGinley will come and he's a comedy assassin. He's always <laughs> just throwing off lines. Um, I, I I kind of remember other people's lines, um, you know, throwing off things more than mine.
1: Okay, I'm going to follow up yeah. on that now. <laughs> of of every character that you read in the script before you even met your co stars and started filming, which character changed the most from script to screen because of the creative input that that particular actor brought to the project?
0: Um, I would say, um, Harrison. There's two. It's Harrison Ford. And also um, Ted McGinley because Ted McGinley was recurring and then Bill was like also because he's a lovely person. He's so Bill's wanted to work with him for such a long time. He kind of snuck him in by having him be recurring next year. um, Next season, he's a regular as it should be, as it should be. And he's came in and was like, you know, he wasn't thirsty. He just came in and delivered and was hysterical and he got more and more comfortable and it became more and more his character is kind of my husband in real life. So it was.
1: We were talking about this little outside before. There are so many qualities of that character that remind me of my dad because he, he's in a house full of women. It's me, my sister and my mom. And he makes these jokes and all of us are like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Then he'll go out and he'll say that joke to a complete stranger and they love him. Yeah. I don't get it. yeah, <laughs> but there's so there's so <laughs> many aspects of that character that remind me of him. Leaning into the cast a little more. I love asking things like this to highlight the different uh, acting processes there are out there of everyone in the shrinking ensemble. Which two actors have the most different approaches to the work where when you're their scene partner, you know you'll have a completely different acting experience. Um, I would say,
0: uh, I don't know if it's acting experience, and I don't know what Jessica's preparation is, but the two of us have a very different energy and a comic, how we do comedy. So we love working together. I mean, I can't speak for her. I love working with Jessica. Um, you no, know, we love each other. But it's because we just have different styles. So we'll just, uh, my style, she reacts to, and when if she goes off, I'll react to her react to her, but it's just d- a different way of working. So that I always find exciting because I don't know what she's going to do or it's it's not the same style. I think part of the reason with um, shrinking is that no one has the same style. Working with, when they'll say like, oh, you're working with your storylines with Lukita or Luke, everyone has a different style and it makes it really fun. You know, because other shows sometimes, which I'll still enjoy, but everyone's as smart as everyone else. Everyone has the yeah. da, 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 da everyone's different in this show and Harrison changes things ever so slightly when he's, um, when he's, when you're doing a scene with him, there's just little tiny changes. So you have to, you're really hooked in and I fight it's, you know, I, my heart starts beating, but I also feel like I'll finish a scene with Harrison and I don't know what even happened. I won't even remember.
1: Can you, this is very specific. I don't know if you'll remember a a moment like this, but can you give me an example of a time when one of those different acting approaches helped you access something in Liz that you wouldn't have been able to unless a co-star pushed you into it?
0: Yeah, I think um, I was doing a scene with Jessica right at the beginning and she, um, we were working and talking and it was when we hadn't even bonded that much because our characters didn't like each other so much. And she said some, so because I didn't know her that we were going to be friends or anything, we purposely had kind of been, you know, nice. But, and she said something and it really hurt my feelings. It was in the driveway about when she said she was being a mom and, I was, and it really hurt my feelings. Was, she said it in the scene, not yeah. to me personally. Yeah, yeah, And um, it was great. You know, it was, it was such a, a help to me.
1: There's, there's that line that hurt my heart for Liz. There's the conversations on the, uh, the balcony. There, there are so many times in the show where people around her are criticizing Liz. So I wonder, do you have to figure out for yourself where she draws the line in terms of letting that stuff bounce off of her and staying true to herself and who she is versus taking it to heart and it inspiring even a subtle amount of change in the character? Well, I really like
0: what I'd always thought about Liz is I didn't want her to be this nosy, annoying neighbor that's typical being annoying because I think she's a great mom. I think she helped out when no one was helping out this kid, you know, like, and I think she's accountable, which is a difference with someone, like, because I just think she's accountable. So the t- tricky thing with accountables, you know, how some people are like, sorry, 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 sorry. I think she's accountable and changes her behavior. So I think it's always a, uh, Give and take of, are, am I take am I take this to heart? Yes, and I'm am I going to be accountable? I think though she'll get her like at the end she's mad at Harrison. She's you know she's going to go in and rip him a new one. I mean that was the most fun scene to do.
1: <laughs> but that's that's part of the reason why I love the show overall and the ensemble so much is because every single time someone does something not even necessarily wrong but something that's putting themselves above others they'll talk about it and actually act on it, but not in a way that feels heavy-handed and inauthentic.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think it's different in the show, too. It's not really, for me, it's not about... Because um, even Scrubs and Cougar Town was kind of broad comedy, which is so much fun. We have on both shows the most, most fun, screaming, laughing all day. And this show is more about the comedy comes from the um, good job with the live camera.
1: I like I you're been, like I haven't cut to my like single once because I'm scared.
0: This is I like you not really looking, like oh, just God. playing the piano I can't over lie. there. <laughs> Like, maybe you should do your single now. Look, it looks okay. I am
1: in such (laughs) a sweat right now. (laughs) I wish (laughs) I had a thing to do. (laughs)
0: Christian, I'm never doing this again. I mean, why? Why would you bother? But anyway, like my hand is a bit <laughs> sweating, and I'm going to get carpal tunnel. And also, from you're this. holding it in a very uncomfortable I mean, it's way. Awful, can you put it's a pad awful.
1: underneath that? <laughs> can I can I place that order for next
0: time? Wait, I don't, I don't what was it? About?
1: <laughs> um, we were talking about how oh, so the, it, the comedy listening. comes
0: more from the character. So it's different. Has the comedy? I remember when we did that um, that scene with Harrison. I was so revved up. And if we're doing a scene with, if I'm doing a scene with Harrison, he gets his coverage first. There's like a little hierarchy in the college, right? So he gets his coverage first and I would get mine third, Jason Harrison, then I would get mine. So I walk in, I'm like, so mad at Harrison. And I go, Harrison, I got to do my coverage first. Are you okay with it? And he's like, well, look at you. Oh, fine. Do it. And then he's like, bring it. And I was like, oh, now what if I suck? I don't care. I'm fine. I'm great. We're going. And it was fun. What scene was that? The one where in his office after I am defend Jessica that he's being a pussy. I like that
1: scene. I like that scene a lot. Is that a typical thing on a show shot this way? Uh, Like a call sheet hierarchy in terms of when your coverage is is captured? Yeah. Like, um, it is. So if I'm doing a scene with
0: Jason, he's going to be, they have like one, two, three, four, five in the call sheet. But sometimes, like Jason will say, I've got all this material. I want to can you, you do your coverage and I'm just going to, you know, get used to it. it? depends, you know, if you have a lot. But he has the choice because sometimes, I mean, I like going first because it's, I feel fresher and, you know, comedy. So you're not doing it over and over, but it, it changes.
1: It's up for debate, but it not, but the set is. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm surprised I've never heard about that before. But now I'm going to start thinking about it. Jessica did that to me last time. I get uh, things on Ladies' Night where they plant them in my brain, and then I bring them up on every single interview. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you one fun question before I close out here. It's something that she brought up during our Ladies' Night. We were playing a little would-you-rather game. So I'm going to ask yeah. you my one silly okay. would-you-rather question, because it also pertains to a particular episode that I love in this show. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene? Fake sneeze. Can you do a f- convincing fake sneeze? I'll take that. Will you? Yes, I approve. That 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 gets that gets a thumbs up from me. Jessica followed up and we were talking about seemingly silly everyday things that are difficult to convey in a truthful manner on camera. And she's like, you know how hard it is to act cold? I'm like, I never thought about that. But now I ask that in my Would you rather game all the time.
0: I, acting cold is hard, but I'm always cold, so maybe not as hard. I'm always freezing. You know it's hard for me to, um, is uh, extreme joy. Because it doesn't happen in your life that you're like, you know, like, you know, when we never didn't, didn't found out the, 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 uh, gender of our children. So it was always like "There's oh my God, like we're having a boy. So like extreme excitement, joy, I find hard. Not if other people are doing it, but if you're just doing it on your own.
1: Oh, that is so interesting. I'm gonna add that to my list now. All right, it could be rather <laughs> cold
0: or super excited and joyful. If everyone goes cold, then I'm an asshole. What but if you
1: have to be super joyful in a cold
0: room? Oh what no, would that you,
1: would that, <laughs> that you couldn't that would scramble your brain. I would say usually I'm always cold, but right now I'm really hot and sweaty because <laughs> your is hand happening. is uncomfortably on the It is. It, this is awful. Um my last question for you looking ahead to the future, I obviously don't know if you've read shrinking season two scripts, but just for you leaving behind the material in season one, what is a new asset that Liz gained from what she went through in season one that you're especially excited to play with in season two? But then on the other hand, what is something that, I don't know, Liz Liz has yet to explore in her world that you would be eager to tap into for the first time? I don't think, um,
0: and this is, I have a couple of friends that this has happened to, that they had kids and they were the moms on the PA and then they did everything. They saved my ass because they would say, don't forget, give the thing, give the thing, because I don't, i you mean, know, I would never know about it. And, but the moms that really did everything and then their kids left for college, and they were trying to figure out what to do. Now, my two friends, they each did separate businesses and are hugely successful now, which is amazing, but they had a really rough two years. And I think Liz is taking away from the first season that she's got to figure out some stuff, and I don't know if it's going to be so easy for her to figure out that stuff because i it isn't.
1: I am very excited about the the business venture on the horizon for her, though.
0: Well, I mean, I should be called uh, rocks, 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 but I don't think they went. (laughs) They didn't go for that. I tried to pitch it.
1: Oh, God, I want rocks so badly right now. (laughs) I can't believe it. All right. I need to stop doing this and say thank you for your time today. And seriously, huge congratulations on shrinking. I was saying to everybody I was a little late to finally watching it for the first time. And I'm so glad I caught up and did the binge because it is just so incredibly refreshing to have a laugh out loud worthy show that also has deep meaning and value that you can carry with you after you've had your laughs while watching it. So congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I I hope you have me back and we can gossip some more.
1: I would love to. Now I'm going to turn this way (laughs) and say goodbye, everyone. Thank you.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?